Well, we're back. Uh, where's Noah and Craig? Are they in? Nick? I wanted them to come down. Yeah. If you would, you got your caps, guys. Got your hats. Come on down here. <laughs> Noah, on our trip, Noah tagged us with the uh, moniker, the Four Amigos. If y'all have ever seen that uh, movie, you'll know what that's about. But uh, we had our hats. All of us wore our uh, New Hope caps. And these are the guys that uh, went back on December the 10th, a uh, tornado uh, nine miles wide uh, and many miles went through six states, uh, went through Bowling Green, Kentucky, and Mayfield, Kentucky, and, lot, and other states too. Back on December the 10th, did tremendous amount of destruction. Uh, and I had the feeling that we need to do something for them. And uh, so that's how the idea uh, came up that we need to do that. Mary, where's Mary? Uh, you, uh, she went back, okay. She is so correct. Our church family came together and did a tremendous thing. Joe, do you remember me talking to you several weeks ago about the trip? Joe said, Sonny, that's a great idea. Standing, he said, but do you know how cold it is in Kentucky this time of year? And I said, no, Joe, I hadn't really thought about that. He said, well, it is cold. Joe, you are correct. <laughs> we got up there. Uh, it was 35 degrees, and the wind was blowing, gusting to 40 miles an hour. It did that both days. It did warm up during the day, but uh, it, was, it was cold at night, and in the morning had a lot of wind. We left here uh, Friday. Well, let me back up one more. Uh, Russ led us out Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, out of prayer meeting early so we could go pack up the van, pack up the trailer. With your help, everybody in prayer meeting there that night went out to the preschool building, and we packed up everything in short order. Well, uh, the women, girls, men, everybody, we had everything packed up in Noah's van, Greg's trailer, and uh, we had it all packed up in short order. Had a prayer out there with everybody. So it was a <clears throat> great time on Wednesday night. Moving on, fast forward to uh, Friday morning, uh, 6.05. We pulled out of here at 6.05. Craig had brought uh, sausage, <laughs> sausage and egg biscuits and coffee for all of us, and uh, we had that. That was uh, meal number one. Little did we know we were going to eat four meals that day. We didn't know that. I remember an Andy Griffith show where he had to eat spaghetti four or five times in a day. We had four meals. That was the first one. The next meal, we drove to Crossville, Tennessee, from here to Crossville, Tennessee. We stopped there for gas at Shoney's, and uh, we also ate there. It just so happened that Shoney's had this big buffet, uh, uh, pancakes and biscuits. You know, Ray, what I'm talking about. They had everything you don't know. Okay, Ray, don't eat that. But anyway, they had this big buffet, and we ate there, and uh, we all said, well, this will do us until supper tonight. Well, so we left there, filled up a gas, filled up our tummies, headed out again. About two hours out of Bowling Green, uh, the pastor, uh, Darren Bush, calls and said, Harold, where are y'all? And I said, we're about two hours away from you. He said, well, that's great. He said, we got a big meal planned for you when you get here. And they did. Uh, those ladies are just like our ladies. They had uh, fried chicken, ham, 
ham biscuits, potato salad, noodles, green beans with potatoes in them, corn, biscuits, every, any, sandwiches. They had a stack of sandwiches, y'all remember that, huh? Of every kind you could think of. So we didn't want to disappoint them, so that was our third meal. <laughs> we ate there. Okay, but right before that, we unlo unloaded everything. They had plenty of guys there uh, to help us unload. They piled out of there at church. Corner View Community Church was the name of the place. And uh, they have a, uh, a basement in that church. I'd say it's probably twice the size of the Hope Center. Would y'all say? It was probably twice the size of the Hope Center. We unloaded everything, and they had rooms for everything. They had clothes here, baby items here, cleaning supplies here, and all that. So they unloaded everything and took it in there. Uh, so after we did that, we ate. Had a, a great fellowship time with them. Uh, it was just a, a great. And they are doing a great service. When people come there, they give them the materials they need. Uh, and they need all of those things. And uh, they don't turn anybody away. So after we did that, uh, we left there. We went to the FEMA location, which I'm sure you're familiar with, the Federal Emergency Management Group of the arm of the government that handles everything. That was in the Sears building uh, down in Bowling Green. So we went there, went, took it. Uh, well, we went in, a tour wasn't necessary. We could see everything that they had, uh, and we determined that uh, that wasn't the place that uh, we needed to go uh, to help, okay? So I spoke uh, with the lady, and we have the name of the lady who runs the FEMA location. They're going to be moving shortly. They invited us to come back and uh, help them move their material and location to another place. We have determined, the four of us, that we don't need to do that. There's not enough work there to do it. So after we left FEMA, we went down uh, on 31 West, which took us to uh, the Western uh, Kentucky University area. Uh, they said, if you want to see the damage, go there. We did that and uh, saw a lot of the damage. Uh, roofs were blown off. Uh, we saw a couple of houses that were demolished. A lot of shingles blown off and things like that. But the problem with going back, which we had thought about doing, uh, was the lack of coordination that we saw. In other words, if we go up there, as Noah said, I want to get a saw in my hand and saw some wood. I want to do something. And we don't really see uh, in that area right now a need for that when there's other locations, even out on the East Coast still, from hurricane damage that we could go and, and be more official too. So we don't plan to go back uh, at that time. So after we went to FEMA, then we went there and saw the damage. Uh, that was pretty much uh, our day. And then uh, we had our last meal uh, that night. So we had four meals that day. So we got up the next morning on Saturday morning and headed back. Uh, so that's pretty much it. You guys want to add anything to that? Comments or anything? No, I just want to thank everybody for the, the donations and everything. It was, uh, that I was telling Russ earlier, their, their food closet, we brought more food up there than they had in their food closet. So it was, uh, it was definitely needed, and uh, that church is in, a, in an area where I think they'll definitely take advantage of all those things. Yeah. A lot of good people up there. It's a non-denominational church. Everyone, uh, it's Corner View uh, uh, Community Church. 
and it's non-denominational. Uh, everyone, uh, red, black, white, uh, green, whatever your color is, it don't matter, your denomination, you are welcome there, and they will help you out. Uh, excellent people. Uh, we have uh, the names of them. We're going to stay in touch with those uh, folks, and I'm sure they will us. They couldn't thank us enough for what we did. We had a lot of pictures, made pictures with them. Uh, Russ, we may be able to get them on a screen one day. Okay, yeah, and uh, show that, uh, what we did and where we were. Once again, thank you for your generosity. It was a wonderful thing, a wonderful trip. We'll have others. Uh, you can't really get to know people until you spend 48 consecutive hours with them. And, uh, and so we did get to know each other real well and things that went on there. Thank you once again for your generosity and your prayers. I want to thank Bill and Beth Cameron. Uh, they had to add to our treats. Uh, Beth uh, had made a little treat bag for each one of us and, and uh, put it in our car there with a lot of goodies in it, a lot of calories. We didn't want to hurt Beth's feelings, so we had to eat it too. Yeah, five's five. Well, four and a half. We'll count it for you. But we appreciate everything you did. We had a great trip. If you ever get a chance to go on a mission trip like that, uh, please take advantage of it. I'm sure we'll have one uh, planned to do something else in the near future. Thank you all again. Appreciate it.
and aren't you thankful for God's grace? Amen. In our, in our waywardness and our wickedness and evilness and uh, just the way we are, aren't you thankful for God's grace? Uh, God's Word tells us that we're not good people at the heart of who we are. And we need God's grace. We need His forgiveness. Um, and we're so grateful that He pours it out on us each and every day because He loves us. Praise God. We are in the season of love. Today's February 13th, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. And, you know, this is, as I said, the season of love. There's lots of people getting engaged and uh, making proposals and engagements and weddings taking place and uh, just that time of year. And it had been a, a big wedding. The reception was well attended by people and then came time for the, the honeymoon, and the couple went to the hotel room and got their bags unpacked. And the, room, the, the, the groom got the bride and brought her and sat her on the bed. And she said, now that we're married, I want to I wanna just share some, some thoughts with you that I've found. Uh, I hope that's okay. And she said, oh, that's quite all right. It, it really is because you see those little thoughts that I have kept me from getting a better husband. Well, she set him straight pretty quick, didn't she? Uh, so we don't know how that marriage wound up ending up, but, but this is the, the season of love. Um, I had a, 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 the privilege of, of attending a wedding yesterday, just a, an absolutely phenomenal wedding. Uh, two godly people, uh, the lady I've known, the bride I've known for a long time, uh, just a, a gem of a, of a person, and she and her husband, Everywhere they go, they just uh, demonstrate, you know, they're just godly people and demonstrate the love of God uh, wherever they go. Um, and, and tomorrow, you know, every, a lot of things are decorated with reds this time of year. A lot of y'all have red on this, this morning. Um, and so we're celebrating Valentine's Day, but uh, of course Valentine's Day is a, is a pagan holiday, but it gives us the opportunity as Christians to to focus on what love is all about, what, what it's really about. And, and if we focus on love, then we have to focus on Jesus, don't we? Because Jesus is love, and, and, and to live without love is to not live at all. What would life be like? What would the world be like if there wasn't love, if there was an absence of love? You know, one of the most uh, recognized verses in the Bible is John 3.16, For God so loved the world, what that He gave His one and only Son. Because He loved us. He gave His one and only Son, and if we believe in Him, if we believe in God's only Son, we'll have everlasting life. We'll not perish and live with forever and ever with Him. And God made that promise and He gave His Son because He loved us. And Jesus went to the cross because He loved us. That is the, the, the essence of the, of the gospel, that God loved us and He sent His Son. And our response is to love Him back. The second part of the gospel is, is what we're going to find today in, in, in 1 John Chapter 3, verse 16, it captures the essence of the, the second half of the, of the gospel. And it says, this is how we know what love is. 
Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And listen to this. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Love God and love others. Uh, John, in, in 1 John chapter 3, or, or, or actually the whole book, addresses the, the idea of sacrificial love. And someone once said, you can't, uh, a bell is not a bell unless you ring it. A song is not a song unless you sing it. And love is not love unless you say it. But I would say that, that, that John would refute that and say love is not love unless you show it. Unless you demonstrate it. And so love is both a verb and a noun. And, and, and because Jesus is love. Jesus is the embodiment of love. And He is the essence of, of what we think about love is and the demonstration of love and, and love is made real when it's put into action. You know, we can say, Oh, I love you and I love this, and I love my wife, but if I just tell her, I hope she believes me, but <laughs> but I have to show it to her, don't I? I have to express that love in different ways. And so we show people that we love them, and, and that's what Jesus did. He demonstrated his love for us when he went to the cross. Love put love into action. By giving his life for the sins of the world. Love put love into action. In 1 John, John describes how, how we'll know if we're truly living in Christ. If we're truly having the heart of Christ. Truly if we have the love of Christ in our hearts. If you will, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> And again, picking up about what John is talking about, uh, the first commandment is to love God with all our heart. The second one is to, is to love our neighbor as ourself. And I want you to think about the neighbor this morning, the other person this morning, is the person beside you. It's the person in front of you. It's the person behind you. Go ahead and look at them right now so you'll know who, who we're talking about here throughout the morning. In 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse, pick up at verse 10, and it says, This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not, know what is, anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Verse 11, This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death and anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that murderers, no murderers have eternal life in Him. And so this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. We ought to lay down our lives for our neighbors. We ought to lay down our lives for that person beside you, in front of you, behind you.
If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth, and how we set our hearts at rest in the presence whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. So we, how do we know if we're living in Christ? How, how do we know if we're showing the love of Christ, if, we're truly, if we truly have the, the heart of Christ? Well, John makes it pretty clear here in this passage. In, in verse 10 in particular, he says in, in verse 10, this is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. nor is anyone who does not love their brother or sister. So if we don't love, we can't be a child of God. You see, there's only, there's only two kind of children in this world. Only two ch- kind of children exist in this world. One is the children of God and, one, and the other one is the children of Satan. You see, we can't belong to both families at the same time. It's just not possible. You you can't do that. One demonstrates righteousness and the righteous character of of Christ and the other, the sinful nature of Satan. Verse 10 says, Anyone who does not love his brother or sister isn't a child of God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love God. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. And so in essence, 1 John chapter 3, verse, verse 10 is a, is a test of love. It's a test of that love that we have in our heart. And then he, he continues on, John continues on in, in verse 11, it says, For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We should love one another. And he gives an example of what love is, really what love is not, uh, about the very first recorded murder in in all of Scripture in in Genesis chapter 4. And he he goes on and and recants that in, in 1 John chapter 3 verses 12 and 13. He says, don't be like Cain. Don't be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. And so in Genesis 4, it says basically one day Abel brought an offering to God and said, God, here's what you asked for. And God was pleased. And on the other hand, Cain brought an offering and said, Here, God, this is what you get. And so I want to stop right there and, and ask us to check our hearts and, and our, our attitudes and our motivations and about our giving towards the Lord, to the kingdom of God. Folks, we can either be like Cain 
or Abel? Where is your attitude? What is your heart towards God? What is your heart towards the kingdom of God? Cain murdered his innocent brother. Think about that. It was a jealous Cain versus a generous Abel. It was a vain Cain versus a worshiping Abel. It was an obsessed Cain versus an available Abel. Abel made a, an all, the offering to God that, that, that God wanted and, and he desired. And, and Cain became angry. Folks, the actions of a, of a godly person, of a righteous person, will embarrass the ungodly. And embarrassment, man, it causes us to do some crazy things sometimes. And here it caused Cain to get jealous and, and he was filled with, with rage because he wanted that self-recognition and his jealousy led him to kill his brother. He, he had a, a heart problem. He wouldn't repent. He refused to repent. Man, folks, where love is missing, hate will fill the void. And that's what was taking place here. Cain hated his brother for his righteousness. And likewise, the world hates us as believers in Christ Jesus for our righteousness. True Christians love their, their brothers in Christ. Their, their lives are truly changed by Christ. And Christ enables us to love those who are unlovable. Christ enables us to look beyond those faults and those those deformities that we have, those hang-ups that we have with other people. God, God uh, uh, the, the love of Christ enables us to look beyond that and love the person, even though they may seem unlovable. See, when we do that, we know that we've passed from death to life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 22, it says, <clears throat> You've heard it said, you've heard that it was said to people long ago, You shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So, how do we know if we've passed from death to life? Well, John. Chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, it says, We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. Because we love each other. That's an indication that that, that true transformation has taken place in our heart. It says, Anyone who does not love remains in death. And so if we're not loving, we don't have the, the love of Christ in us. We're still dead in our sins. It says, Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing with him. And so when we're able to love each other, it reveals that an eternal change is, is taking place in our hearts. And so is that eternal change taking place in your heart? 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Uh, again, Christ laid down His life for us and we ought to, here it is, 
And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, for the person beside you, in front of you, behind you. We're to lay our lives down for them. Do you love that person that much? Maybe you don't even hardly know that person. You see, Christ shows us what love is, and, and, and many of us will say, well, yeah, I, I, I would give my life for my wife, or I'd give my, my life for my, my, my kids or my grandkids or my parents. But what about giving our life for other believers? Other believers in this room to start with. Are we at that point? Are we at a place where we would be willing to lay down our life for the people in this room? See, John writes it that, that, that we have to have that kind of love within the church. Because when the church doesn't love it, it's lost its credibility and it's lost its effectiveness. And so if we can't love each other, how are we going to love the world? If we can't love the people on the pew beside us, in front of us, or behind us, how are we going to love the people outside the doors? If we can't love the people we're worshiping with right now, how are we going to love the people at the grocery store, at Walmart, people that cut us off, the people that make fun of us, the people that ridicule us. I was sharing yesterday at the wedding and <clears throat> several people, a lot of people I've not seen in, in a number of years and, and uh, a number of them were, were asking, you know, are, you, are you at New Hope? You're still at New Hope? You, how long have you been there? You know, kind of thing. And, and uh and I said, man, I, I've been there, you know, going on 21 years. And I said, man, it's, it, you just can't believe the spirit in the church, the, the love that's there in the church. And, and, and I told them, I said, I praise God for it. They have a heart like not many other churches do. And, and so I want to encourage you today to continue in his love. Continue loving on God and loving on each other because that is the only way that we can Love the world. And as we continue to grow, let's become known as a church that loves each other and a church that loves Christ above all. 1 Peter 4, chapter 4, verse 8 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. John continues in, Verse 17 and 18. He says, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Folks, I want to thank you again for your generosity in, in pouring this that you poured out on, uh, on this little trip that we took, the, the, the mission that was sent to, to Kentucky. And whenever there's a need, it doesn't matter if it's here in the church or outside in the community or in Kentucky or across the world, wherever it might be. I praise God that you're a generous church willing to meet that need. 
because of the love of God in your heart. There are needs all around us for sure. There are needs in His church and the community. And so we're praying that, that God would direct us, as Sonny said uh, earlier, you know, where we're going next, we don't know, but we're going, okay? Because we want to share the love of God with other people. You see, Jesus shows us by His example that, that true love in, involves sacrifice, and if we're not willing to sacrifice for the body of Christ, then <clears throat> do we value our lives too much? God gave His Son, and His Son gave sacrificially His life on the cross an example of, as an example of true love for us. Now, now, now this isn't to say that, that if we're not dying, we're not loving, but it's to say that love isn't easy. I tell people, you know, a marriage, a lot of people say, well, marriage is 50-50, right? No, it's not. Marriage is 100% and 100% all the time. It's something we have to work at or it's going to fall apart. Love is not selfish. It's, it's not easy and it's not convenient, is it? But it's worth it. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says, God is love. Whoever lives, who, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. You see, the love of Christ means that, the, that we have a readiness to do anything for anybody. That we have a willingness to serve other people. To sacrifice whatever it might be for other people. Do we have the love of Christ? Let me close with a story <clears throat> from the British Empire. And it was during the reign of Oliver Cromwell and the British Empire ran into a shortage of, of currency. <clears throat> they desperately needed money in order to survive and, and so they sent representatives out into the countryside to look for currency or silver to, to make currency with, whatever they could, but there was none to be found. The only place that they could find any silver at all was in the churches in the statue of the saints in the churches. When this was reported back to Cromwell, he said, let us melt down the saints and put them into circulation. Let's melt down the saints and put them into circulation. Folks, we need to have our hearts open to be broken and melted us down and, and, and allowing God to put us into the circulation of the world for the kingdom of God. And so are we willing to do that? Are, are, are we ready to let our, our hearts be broken for other people? Are we willing to, to make that sacrifice for other people? Are we willing to lay down our life for those around us? Are we willing to lay down our life for the man, for the woman 
beside you, in front of you, behind you. Because if we can't love each other, we can't love the world. And so are we able to love as Christ loved? Have we moved from darkness to light? Have we moved from death to life? This morning, can we honestly open up our hearts to the Lord and say, Lord, have your way in my life. Whatever it is, I'm willing to surrender. I'm willing to let go, and I'm willing to let you determine my direction. Are we able to do that this morning? Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we are grateful for your love, for the love of Jesus who loved us so much that he went to the cross for our sins. So that he showed us an, an example of what love is and how to love other people. That love is a sacrifice, that it's not easy, that it's, it's not convenient. Sometimes it's costly. But God, give us the heart of Christ today, Lord, to give and to love on our neighbors, on our brothers and sisters, so that we can take the love of Christ to the world. And God, we know that, that we can only do that with your strength and with your power through the filling of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, today we pray for that, Lord. And in doing so, asking God that you would indeed have your way in our life. God, that you would do what you would please. Taking us, molding us, making us, shaping us in to the people you want us to be. And so Father, this morning we surrender to you. In Christ's name we pray.